Hello. Echo, echo, echo. And welcome to You, you Need, Need to, to See this. this. This is a bi-weekly film podcast about filling in the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Luce Tomlin-Brenner, and I'm joined by my co-hosts... Nick Asunto. And Cozy Orlin. We're comedians, writers, and big fat movie fans. Uh, every episode, we at least one of us has seen a movie, and at least one of us hasn't seen the movie. And we try to convince each other, and you, that you have to watch everything... From lesser known art indies. And then we also do, how did you miss this blockbusters? Because it's really crazy that uh, I haven't seen any of the Star Wars movies. Uh, I you know think what? that's awesome. It's I <laughs> have no opinion. That's not true. I have lots of them, but I'm saving them. Perfect. Well, we get to our our Star Wars uh, If episode. you ever let me do oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, oh. we're not doing Star Wars today, though. It's okay. Don't turn this off. Um, we're doing... Ghost World. Ghost World. Um, and you know what else I have to say is this whole podcast, all of our podcasts are no spoilers. So we're not going to ruin the ending for you. So don't turn this off if you haven't seen it. We're going to convince you you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, listen up, you guys. This is my birthday week. Wow. No reaction. Thank Polite you. clapping. Is that what I was supposed to do? Polite I was clapping. I was about to say happy birthday, but you, you didn't give a lot of time for the yeah, no reaction. I, <laughs> I was leaning towards the microphone. I was, I was going, here I was getting close to the microphone. And I, this episode will have a lot of... podcast, I can cry if I want to. Oh, this episode will have a lot of pauses because the microphone is seven feet away from Nick. <laughs> I keep going to back. I don't know why I keep going back to sit down. I have a very comfortable couch. Uh, so I picked Ghost World because Ghost World is my all-time favorite movie of all time. All time? All time. Number one. Number one favorite movie. Holy shit. And I liked it. (laughs) And Nick has never seen it. I haven't. Not once. Um, So today, (laughs) Cozy and I will be trying to convince Nick to watch uh, 2001's Ghost World, uh, written and directed by Terry Zwigoff. I've heard Zwigoff. I've heard Zwigoff. I like Zwigoff. I like Zwigoff, but... Um, write us, potato, let potato. us know what you guys prefer. <laughs> it sounds like a fruity uh, beverage, like Mike's Hard Lemonade, or like what's the? Oh, like fruity tooties Wagoff. Like what's, a hard what's cider. What's the? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what's the one I'm thinking of? The Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, Smirnoff. Smirnoff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I would like, not Zwigoff. know. Have you had a Swagoff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, the sexy swagger. Um, I don't know why that's not when I talk like when I'm drinking, but uh, Ghost <laughs> World, the movie, was based on Ghost World, the graphic novel by Daniel Close. Have you guys read the book? I no, I didn't not. know it was one, and I'm immediately like, wait, you don't watch graphic novel films. Uh, but what? you do. Oh, I do if they're not. Yeah, I don't like comics. Like superhero comics, but mm-hmm. I like the Archie comics. Very different, yeah. Superheroes, so listen, different. they just don't do it for me. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's wh- not personal. I was, don't get me into oh it. Oh god! All right. When I think of graphic novels, I don't think of superheroes at all. Yeah, like not even a little. So that that surprised me. A second. And yeah. this is actually Ghost World was the reason I got into graphic novels. Nice. So it's, I'm not even that person who's like, I don't read comics. I read graphic no. novels. It's literally just because I didn't grow up reading comics, because they were all just like Superman and Batman. That's what I knew when I was a kid. Sure. So I was like, I don't care about this and then when i watched a movie about two girls and i was like what this is based on a comic book about two girls i will read something about two girls yeah um so i really 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 love the graphic novel it's done all in like uh really pretty light blues um blacks it's very good highly recommend it it's a short read it's not one of the thickies so Mm. you can check that out as well um Mm -hmm. so this movie is from 2001 it is starring the incredible the magnificent the uh Mm. actress who had a lot of problems with her dad so now she's not in movies anymore it's thora birch Birch. and 
Um, the problematic, <laughs> the husky voice, the sexy, but you want her to shut up, Scarlett Johansson. Oh um, she's hot, but she's dumb. And then, <laughs> oh man. Up next, we've got, um, is he cute? Is he terrifying? Is he amazing? He's definitely amazing. It's Steve Buscemi. I love Steve Buscemi. I recently had a conversation about whether or not Steve Buscemi was cute. And I think he is. I get it. Uh, all right. And then also <laughs> with a runner up incredible performances by uh, Alina, Alina, Alina Douglas. Alina Douglas. Uh, Ileana Douglas? Ileana Douglas. Everybody's name in this is very specific. Swag and off. <laughs> one of my favorite character actors and yours, Mr. Bob Balaban. Oh, Bob Balaban. Oh, fuck yeah, I love Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban. I wouldn't even call him a character so actor. I just call him Bob Balaban's in this movie again. Like, <laughs> just doing the Bob Balaban thing. It's like, hi, I'm Bob Balaban, and I'm present in this film. Yeah, he's... Uh, Am I happy about it? We he, don't know. He's doing like the most Bob Balaban in this. He's very, um, he's like a nervous father. Oh, he's uh, plays. Oh yeah, that's very Balaban. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's we gotta find a verb for that for Balaban. I feel like you got it. That's so, the just just Balaban. That's so Balaban. He's Balaban. He's Balabaning right now. <laughs> I'm gonna read. Um, I'm going to read just the IMDb one, which is uh, best friends Enid and Rebecca have just graduated from high school, although Enid has to take a summer art school class, which she failed during the regular school year. Uh, so it's basically about their time hanging out, bothering creeps all summer long until they meet <laughs> Seymour, who's a social outsider that collects records and changes Enid's life. Wait, is this the movie where the main character's name is Enid Coleslaw? Yes. Okay, because I hear that name. I hear that name in so many things like songs and like profiles and yeah. This is, yep, this is the Enid Coleslaw. Got it. With the glasses and the black hair. Mm -hmm. So it's basically about two teenage girls in high school. They graduate, and it's about the summer after they graduate. And um, they're supposed to move in together. And Enid, Scarlett Johansson's character is Rebecca. Rebecca really wants to. She's ready to be an adult. And Enid, Enid is kind of just like, she's going even further back into herself. She doesn't really know what she wants. She doesn't like any of the options that are presenting her. Very relatable. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> This is my favorite portrayal of uh, any girls in any movie ever. And it reminds me so much of me and my friends in high school because I feel like in a lot of movies about teenage girls, they're, it's more mean girlies. Mean girlies. You know that movie. Yeah, mean, mean girlies. girlies. Yeah, that like the little kid version of mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's like very like about being hot and fitting in or if you're not you're just like super weird and outsidery oh, yeah. when it's like i like Eden and rebecca because they're kind of just like not participatory and they're kind of jerks who sit in the back of the classroom and make fun of everybody else and that was my friends would just thought everything in high school was such bullshit and we were right mm -hmm. and we kind of were just over all of it and i don't think those characters get portrayed very much especially as girls guys always get to be like i don't give a shit but girls always have to give a shit and i don't think that's fair Anyways, that's what I like about this film. That was just out there. That's not one of my top five. That's just why I fucking love this movie because it's my birthday and I get to talk more. <laughs> ha ha happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. What'd you get me? Uh, I, I'll be back in 10. <laughs> oh, man. There's a Nick-sized hole in the wall as he <laughs> shot down the street to buy me something at Amigo's Liquor. Yeah, Nick is a cartoon character, by the way. If you didn't know, he is a cartoon character. <laughs> We're very lucky. Um, so I saw <laughs> I, I saw this movie in the theater, That's and it was one of the, not my first exposure to like American indie films, but like it was one of those movies that I watched, and I was like, oh, I never want to watch anything that's not like this. Oh, I love it. 
Uh, what about when was the first time you saw it, Cozy? Uh, I don't know. I remember seeing it in theaters, definitely. And I remember uh, liking it a lot and sort of being aware that it was from a graphic novel that I hadn't read before, but, uh, you know, it was sort of on my radar. And, uh, and then uh, a long time after that, probably like a decade or multiple decades after that, when did this come out again? 2001? 2001. 2001. So, yeah, like uh, I, last year or the year before, um, I went and saw this uh, screened again after having not seen it in such a long time at the silent movie uh, no at no not no not at the silent movie theater oh. at uh that's that's a the that's talkie a movie thing. theater the one where they no no that place at, closed like yeah that place closed because ago. of real problems real fucking problems anyway no i went and saw it at Cinespia. i saw it at Cinespia. wait two summers ago yeah oh i was there too oh my god we didn't see each other this did you crazy. get the photo booth picture taken i, I never do those but oh, i was happy that's to a big see part of my experience that's pretty good i should try that but... i'll show you my picture when we're done and then i'll throw it up on our instagram nice. so everyone can see it because it's my birthday and i want you to look at pictures of me damn right <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was. I love the fact that they. Happy birthday! Oh, <laughs> I love the fact that they showed a movie called Ghost World at a cemetery because Cinespia is a cemetery movie screening. Yeah, and I was like, there are no ghosts, cemetery. but this is great. <laughs> I saw Ghostbusters there, which did have ghosts. Ooh, I well, don't you know what they why. say. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Mm, um, very fair. So uh, yeah, but uh, but it was cool to see it again and to see Thora Birch there. I love Thora Birch, as we talked about in our last episode, mm-hmm. where we briefly touched on American Beauty. I think Thora Birch is a perfect performer. Um, we could all be clear that her best performance is in Hocus Pocus, right? The amount of times that she says virgin and yabos is <laughs> definitely award-worthy. Never seen it. Oh, God. I feel like uh... you're actually the only person who's never seen Hocus Pocus. And if we did an episode about Hocus Pocus, people would not listen because it's been done to death. <laughs> I don't it's know. Actually... I probably got some good takes. <laughs> I highly doubt it because Hocus Pocus, <laughs> like Ghost World, is a perfect movie that you cannot rip apart. First of all, <laughs> any children's movie that says virgin like 90 times is a perfect movie and it's a time that we'll never get back because we have to baby children now. <laughs> Anywho's all. Um, Ghost World, I think, is a perfect film. There is a couple of times where they use uh, gay in a derogatory way mm. and those are the minus points on this movie. Other than that, I think it's a perfect film. I like um, it a lot. Great. So uh, we're going to get into well, a segment that we like to call These Are Five Reasons. Ooh, that sounds good. Where we go back and forth and talk about our favorite uh, things about this movie. So um, listen, I couldn't narrow it down. So here's 25 now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really want to do. But um, I really like that Eden and Rebecca are best friends, but they don't dress the same way. Oh, yeah. I think in a lot of movies, uh, especially since there aren't that many movies about teenage girls, they're, it's like we all have this look, and it's almost always like young and sexy. That's mm. a huge recurring theme in Book Smart too, which was a great film. But like great they one. did, they were constantly dressing the same and like complimenting oh, each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah they totally. were very similar. And like uh, I don't know, my best girlfriends in high school, like we all had a slightly different look, uh, depending on like I don't know what our parents were okay with, or like <laughs> how much money we wanted to spend, or like how trashy we wanted to look. We all had like a version of like early aughts like punk emo but the thing I like about Enid and Rebecca is like Enid is like very alternative and Rebecca's like a little more preppy and they also have kind of different attitudes and they very much seem like friends of proximity which is what happens to you when you're growing up is your best friends are there because you're there and you live a street away from each other Um, so I like the realism in that yeah um I uh I and this is going back to something you were talking about before and also something you're kind of talking about right now uh, the main characters are the type of cool losers with great taste that I always love seeing in things. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I knew nearly enough of them growing up, but I saw them in movies and TV shows, and I was like, oh, these are the cool kids that I like and can respect instead of, like, the popular cool kids. 
Yeah. Yeah, the alternative cool kids. The better ones who have, like, a lot of uh, opinions on stuff and are kind of critical, but you know they're coming from a place of, like, coolness, so it's cool. I like those people. (laughs) I'm Uh, always on board for that. I really like that um, this movie is really good at assembling a cast of characters. Mm. Uh, unlike when we were talking about me and you and everyone we know, this isn't a vignette movie. This is very much always about Enid and Rebecca. And then uh, the second two thirds of the movie. What? The the <laughs> second two acts also have Seymour. Um, but it's very much creates these really interesting weirdos that are around them like Bob Balaban as the dad who's like kind of this like Enid's dad who's like very like oh my god like backing (laughs) out of rooms all the time um there's this like shitty dude that runs the zine shop and all the shitty dudes that hang out at the zine shop are so (laughs) perfect because I was always so I hated going into comic book stores because they were fucking assholes (laughs) there's this punk store that I was like obsessed with in Lakewood called the mission Mm. and once we got our driver's license we would drive the 20 minutes to Lakewood to shop at the mission to like get spiky bracelets and stuff because we didn't have a hot topic or anything and like to get big platform boots and we were always so well I was nervous because I thought all the people that worked there were like dicks and like really aggressive and intense um and you can shop online so I really I really like those types of characters that are filtered throughout um this movie has a great way of imbuing each character with really great specifics like a good improv scene um everyone has a point of view that is like unique and very much like somebody you've seen out in the wild yeah i completely agree uh and i definitely wrote something very similar to that too uh every character that you see no matter how short the screen time is incredibly detail rich even people who just walk by for a literal fucking second yes you're like oh my god they could write a movie about the that satanists? guy who walked by yeah i love the satanists and they never oh, come up again There's i love just like it. a yeah. moment yeah that's beautiful when you're like oh they put care into this Mm-hmm. Yes. Terry's Wag Off is amazing. He also made Bad Santa, which is one of my favorite movies uh, that I would gotcha. love to do, but I, I don't I think Nick a, doesn't like I it. I was not a fan of yeah, that like, one. I at all. Oh, I hate Bad Santa, but I was <gasps> I was so on board with this. Like I was like thinking you guys are giving your reasons. So I'm like, I'm definitely gonna watch this. Then you said he did Bad Santa. Don't worry, and it's I, nothing like Bad Santa. Like, <laughs> <with> my, <laughs> this it's one's way cooler. Totally <laughs> different from Bad Santa, but I oh, think yeah. it does the same I don't know. I think it is really good at picking out regular people and their weird flaws and dynamics maybe these are the regular people that i like more <laughs> that makes sense wow okay this is an off-air situation but i <laughs> love that scene i probably watched it like five times at christmas really yeah. oh all i can remember is the scene where billy bob thornton's like throwing booze at the wall and i was like oh this is sad and i hate it <laughs> not the scene where lauren graham is having sex with him and she's saying fuck me santa over and over and over uh, Gil- the star of Gilmore Girls, oh. Rory's mom, uh, <laughs> just nope. shouting, fuck me, Santa. Like, Never saw Gilmore minute. Girls. Was not a Gilmore Girls person. Listen, this isn't about you. This is about all my Gilmore Stars Hollow fans out there in the world. <laughs> I like Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I do. I had a crush on Rory. Thank goodness. Not about your crush, but I love that you like Gilmore Girls. Yeah, we get home from school and I'd watch it. It was on, like, probably, it's probably very good. <laughs> Everyone sounded very smart in it. I think that Gilmore Girls is great, but also problematic. And moving forward, <laughs> I do think this is the appropriate time in our list of five things to say, rest in peace, Brad Renfro, who is also one of the stars. Oh, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Brad Renfro, also known as hashtag rest in Paxson. Oh. Um, <laughs> Brad Renfro is an incredible teen actor from the 90s who killed himself. I don't remember. This I don't remember well. if he committed suicide or if he died from other things. But I remember his name. 
He was great, and he plays um, like the boy that the girls nag. Oh yeah! Oh, that was they, that like, guy. He oh, works yeah. at the Sidewinder, which is the Seven Eleven, oh. and they always just go to hang out there and be like, "Give us a ride." Yeah, they just like fuck with him. It's great. It's really great, and that's gonna Good take dynamic. me to the third thing. Is anyone keeping track? Not uh, me, because yeah, it's my birthday. You don't have to. You're nailing it on your birthday, and it is the third thing. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I'm you went like all the seven feet over giving to the Nick microphone. A, like whipping him slightly until he tells me happy birthday 25 times, <laughs> which is the age that I'm turning. <gasps> um, that's right, 25. So, uh, all right, my third thing is that this is a movie about teenage girls filling their days with ac- activities that seem pointless but are imbued with lots of meaning of teenage life. Mm. Um, so I wasn't allowed to do things that were like the fancy things that popular girls did, which was like go on spring break in high school oh, or like yeah. go on like a bunch of family, rich families going on ski trips together. Like Oof. that was not my parents thing. That was not my thing. Good. So we did stuff like we went to the movies and then afterwards you we went to Super K and like hung out on the patio furniture for an hour. Mm. And but it was so much fun because there was all kinds of like inside jokes and like silly things that you did while that was happening or like get high and sit at Steak and Shake for four hours. Like (laughs) that was the kind of stuff that we did. And that's 100 percent what these girls are always just going to different diners, making fun of people, having weird uh, little jokes where they also kind of make fun of themselves and draw. Hmm. And they're each time that they're doing something they're also they're like hanging out together they're also doing little things with their hands and like like Scarlett Johansson at one point where they're at a a diner she just like pours salt on the table and then makes a little doodle in it while they're also having a conversation and it's like those are the little attention to details that I love so much and I'm like this is exactly what being a teenager feels like Hmm. is you're just like there's no you're not worried about how anything looks you're 100% doing whatever you want to do you're fucking around you're making fun of people and like you're sort of wrecking everything around you in a low-key way interesting I want to have experienced that more as a teenager (laughs) (laughs) I gave a fuck what people thought and uh, didn't wreck as many things as I should (laughs) have every teenager gives a fuck about what people think but at the same time I think there's like this aspect to like whatever the social norms are sure you're not as interested in so it's like I'm going to dump a whole thing of salt out on this diner table where now what I would think is like the person who works here is going to have to fill that up and clean this table off yeah exactly when I was a teenager I was just like I'm drawing a salt picture fuck off so I doing a cool thing i had the friend who did the salt thing all the time but i was the teenager who'd be like somebody i would be like somebody has to you're the thoughtful teenager oh that's good all the time they hated me they uh they made fun of me uh one one of my friends would say nick you have such a struggle with morality it's so stupid i'm like are you it's (laughs) not a struggle the struggle is like convincing you guys to be moral be aware of it at all yeah jesus that's so funny yeah i was just uh i was a good kid thought i was a badass uh for a while so I was just that kid who was like in all like I knew everybody in all the cliques but wasn't really part of any of them specifically I was like a click jumper uh, so I was like popular without being cool that's a good title sense, what a cool, brag or cool without being popular I didn't get invited to any parties but I knew everybody mm. so like I respected all of you cool kids so like this movie was me being like oh those are the cool kids I respect yeah but you were living it sounds like which is fucking awesome you were living it I I, like, hated all of the cool kids, but also thought that they should like me. I don't mean, like, yeah, I, yeah, and I mean, like, the popular kids. I think we should say popular versus cool, That's maybe, true, or something popular, like that. That's true, popular, yeah. My school was weird because, like, if you were in the arts, you were kind of popular. Oh, that sounds fucking great. I'm into it. Yeah, but then there was, like, this whole echelon in the oh, arts of, like, who gross. did mushrooms the most, and then those people <laughs> became the most popular. Oh, my God. It that was, sounds like, dope. 
It was a really weird uh, inverted world where we had the best marching band in Ohio. So like being a part of the marching band was like a huge fucking deal. Please make this movie. I, I went to an all boys Catholic high school, so I just checked out. There was no clicks. There was nothing. I just oh, zoned no. out the entire time. Just a lot of um, and I, reading, watching movies, playing Magic the Gathering was like my my high school experience. Like t- I barely talked to anybody in school. I think I had like a couple friends throughout. Interesting. I latched onto like so we like and they were all just like movie nerds too. But yeah, so I didn't have a normal. Every time I see high school in film, I'm always like, what the fuck was that like? I a hundred percent. When I watch this movie, I feel like I I had like a few more friends it wasn't just two of us we had like a small group of um like four or five of us mm. um and, but every time i watch ghost world i'm like oh this is me and my best friends oh. like a hundred percent is like what we did except that we all had a little more direction interesting we all we all decided to like go to college and stuff oh sure 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 um, yeah i was just at home watching tv all the time i didn't like have a car or even think about driving or like use the bus or anything i just hung out at home all the time playing video games and watching tv i do like that the bus is a big part of this yeah oh yeah movie. totally but is. with no spoilers we can't get super into it no, but there's a interesting bus theme <laughs> It's true. Nick, get ready for that bus theme. Uh, my fourth, my, my third reason uh, is that the color palette in the world are super specifically indie feeling, and uh, I'm a sucker for that. It makes it feel like an indie movie, and those are the kinds I grew up on and love. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's the kind of film that doesn't exist anymore. Like, now I feel like mm. everything is an indie movie because, like, if it's not a large like blockbuster remake franchise film then it's indie but there was a very specific tone to like american indie films of the 90s oh they were great and this is like right at the tail end of that and um it's really great they make um there's a lot of fake songs this will into my number four Mm -hmm. fake songs a lot of fake places and everything like there's a video store which i love master Mm -hmm. video it's a fake video store (laughs) uh where like the clerk doesn't know anything the guy who comes in asks for eight and a half and the clerk is like, oh, uh, yes, nine and a half weeks. It's in our erotic drama section. <laughs> That's how you know it's a fake video store. <laughs> Which I love. Oh, God. Erotic I love drama. It. Which made me so psyched when I was listening to it. I immediately was like, okay, erotic dramas. Uh, basic instinct. Uh, cruel intentions. Uh <laughs> yeah. Fatal attraction. Fatal attraction. Fatal instinct. No, that's the parody Swim that fan. I love. Yeah, swim fans kind of erotic. That's like a teen suspense. Yeah, I mm. don't like it. I love like really specific genres. Um, uh, and also, there's a fake movie that keeps people keep talking about throughout the movie called "The Flower That Drank the Moon," which I think is such a funny fake movie name. Um, there's also Anthony's XXX Books and Novelties, which I think is a really great like adult bookstore name. And the sign on the outside says "Have an Adult Day." Um, <laughs> Which I think is really fantastic. And my friends and I also loved, once we were all 18, we loved going to those adult bookstores. We thought it was hilarious. And we did Mm -hmm. the same thing that Enid does in this, which is, like, be really loud, laugh at everything, and make all the, like, super adult men in there very uncomfortable. Oh, wow. chase each other around (laughs) the store with, like, the large fist dildo. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. This wait, this movie is a documentary about my life. You I guys, so. this is why I like it so much. Pretty sure. <laughs> this makes sense to me. Um my fourth reason that I liked it a lot or that I'm recommending it is that it is a graphic novel adaptation and people should read more graphic novels and see adaptations of graphic novels more often because there are not a lot of those mm-hmm. and they're interesting and weird. There's a ton of adaptations of graphic novels. Like what? Give I, me I think two. like emotional graphic Kick novels. Kick-ass Kingsman. No, those... Those are graphic novels? Yes, those yes, are Matthew Vaughn graphic novels. Yes, they're by the same... Novels. 
Really? Yes. Okay, well then we're definitely talking about a different kind also, of graphic novel. The Kingsman is a perfect film. That's but what I've heard from way. everybody. I love it so much. There was one I was thinking about earlier today too. That oh, The Rocketeer is my, one of my. That's I a graphic the, novel one. I get yeah. Okay, so, so we're talking about something very different. Emotional graphic novels. Yeah, where, and ones, like people talk to each other, and there's no superpowers. Yeah, ones that ones that are like more based on kind of indie comics and things like that, or or they are themselves indie comics in that way. Yeah, yeah, just a different kind. All right. Well, I do highly recommend uh, Daniel Close if uh, people want to get into him. He's done a lot of really great ones. His most recent one, Patience, is excellent. Uh, but yeah, he has a huge library, so you can get into all of his work. And uh, Art School Confidential, which uh, Terry Zwigoff also directed. Oh, I remember seeing trailers for that, but never I, seeing it. It looked cool. I liked the books, but I didn't like the movie. Uh, I thought it was bummer. like a pretty good critique of art school, but having never gone to art school, I felt like there was also stuff that like went over my head. Oh, okay. This movie has some great critiques of art also, right. which mm. I really like. Um, all right. My fifth, fourth. Uh, probably fifth. I'm not keeping track because I it's am. my birthday. It's your birthday. You get a million wishes. Happy birthday. So creepy. Nick, that was so creepy. <laughs> I liked it. I deserve every happy birthday I get. <laughs> creepy birthday. <laughs> happy creepy birthday. I'll, Actually, you know what? That is pretty cool. <laughs> that is good. Also, we're in my apartment that still has all the Halloween decorations yeah, up, so it's, it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this movie has um, brings up a really interesting point, and it's one of my favorite things about this movie, and it's about um, the subtlety of modern racism versus the overtness of past racism. Mm. And uh, it's all centering around the fictional um, cook's chicken that Mm. is like, um, I don't know, maybe like a KFC or a Popeye's, uh, and how back in the day it used to be called Coon's Chicken. And Enid discovers this with the help of Stanley, who was like obsessed with this phenomenon when he was like Enid's age and now works for Cook's Chicken. Mm. So he has all this old propaganda stuff with the minstrel face, which was used to be the um, the logo mm, yeah. for the and how this place that's now called Cook's Chicken has totally repressed all of it. And um, Enid gets really into this idea and thinking about it artistically and it's a big narrative throughout the summer, which I think is really interesting. And um, there's a point where she asks Stanley, she's like, are you, are you saying that things are better now? Or or you're saying things were better back then, even though there was this kind of stuff or they're better now. And Stanley says, I suppose things are better now. People still hate each other. They're just better at hiding it, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. And, um, there's a whole talk of censorship and art and how we talk about racism and where we put racism uh, in the spotlight. And of course, it does all through the lens of white people. But I do think that white people should be having a conversation about racism since we're the ones propagating oh, 100%. it. 100%. Um, and I think it's uh, really interesting because that's a big problem that I have is that like we people are racist. We just don't we don't put like mammy imagery or minstrel imagery out in the world but people still see black people like those images Hmm. uh and i love that about this movie it's one of my favorite things um my fifth one is that i uh was rooting for steve buscemi's character a lot and he seemed like a vulnerable older guy who had you know been through life and was like there's like some stuff in there with love and interesting things like that and you're like oh i want good things for this person I love Steve Buscemi. I also want good things for him. And um, he <laughs> even kind his of, character or him as an actor, because like I think he's doing well as an actor, but I don't know that much about him, which I also appreciate. Mm. He's a goddamn hero, I'll tell you. He he uh, he was a firefighter in New York, and when nine eleven happened, he jumped back in to help out at his old um, 
firehouse. Wow. What are they Damn. called? I didn't know that. Yeah, Buscemi's an awesome, awesome dude. I'm uh, glad. He does a lot of charity work, too, I believe. Oh, that's great. Love it. I was just saying, I think I could know less about celebrities in general. Sure. Um, but I'm happy when it's good things. Yeah. yeah. It's just obnoxious oh, when it's, I could be a tree, Scarlett Johansson, popping off constantly. Oh, I just, Lord, I really yeah. wish she would only get offers as trees from here on, because that would be hilarious. And she would nail those trees. She'd be really good at those mm-hmm. tree roles. She would have the sexiest roots you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. She was great in Jojo Rabbit, though. She was great, <laughs> but still yeah. so dumb. Oh, sigh. Sigh, um, sigh, sigh. Uh, I think my fifth one is that it has um, an ambiguous ending, and I like the ending. Oh. Nice. Yeah, I like the ending, too. I, I, uh, know, I think I know what it is, but I have a friend that thinks it's something totally different, and I think that his feeling about it is insane. Oh, like us with frailty? What? The ending of frailty? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Because we have it's, different opinions on the ending that one is more obvious because the ending of frailty that you think it is is this doesn't lean in a direction okay. this is like i wonder how what's going to happen with these characters oh okay and there is like a there's symbolism that you could read to mean something and i don't read it like that perfect got it all right. Those are our reasons. Oh, did I say five twice? Yeah. yeah you, you got six. That's okay. It's your birthday. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. <laughs> All right. We got those. Happy, Nick, happy what do you birthday. think? Are you convinced? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, from... <laughs> l- I'll make this quick. Like everybody who's listening, I was immediately convinced at Bob Balaban. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone listening is the same as me in that regard. No, I love Bob Balaban. I will watch just about anything with Bob Balaban in it. <laughs> He's more of a producer, too, so I love when he, yeah. he just pops up in acting roles. Sure. No, this sounds really good. This sounds like it's um, something that's in my wheelhouse for sure. Uh, ambiguous endings do f- occasionally frustrate the fuck out of me. Oh, some movies. Good Lord. Uh, like, I hate I hate abrupt endings for sure. Uh, was or, Ninth Gate like that? Oh, uh, God. The Ninth, Ninth Gate. Gate was, like, shelved for, like, four years. We don't. T- that's a Polanski film anyway, yeah, right? Yeah, it's got so, so many so. fucking problems. Is it a Polanski film? I think it was yeah. his, like, last one or something. Not his last, last one. one. He, he just keeps made popping a out shit all the time. So I'm probably very wrong. He should be in prison. It was made in, in, like, the 90s. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Ninth Gate was, yeah, I believe, 1999. It came out right after so, From Hell. So. I remember being so angry at No, that From Hell was 2000, ending. though. 2001. Also a graphic novel, From Hell. Oh. Alan Moore, right? Yes. Oh. Uh, so you will see it. I will. I will. You can watch it here on VHS with me. I love watching things on VHS. Here's my original VHS copy that I bought as soon as it came out on tape. I was so excited about it. Um, here, uh, who says it's the best film of the year? Somebody from, oh no, USA Today. Oh, and someone from the Washington Post, both known for their film reviews. (laughs) It's Um, on over 140 top 10 lists, including... Rolling Stone, Time, People, The New York Times, Los Angeles Times, Chicago Tribune, The Boston Globe, Premier, New York Daily News, Newsday, U.S. Weekly, Chicago Sun-Times, and The Wall Street Journal. Oh, my God. All those are probably all owned by the same person now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys, you but know what that... I, sh- I should have done is I should have read the description from the back of the box. That's those okay. sometimes always Ooh, gotcha. this one those is... sometimes go a little too deep into the story. This one is better, but yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I want to leave it with this. It has one of the best lines of dialogue about being hungry that I've ever heard, which is, uh, this redneck character who walks into the sidewinder and like hangs out there says, I'm so hungry. I could chew the crotch out of a rag doll. Okay. Jesus. I love so much. And I really would like to incorporate (laughs) it into more things. Oh, also, you know, what we didn't even talk about is our theme music is from ghost world. Oh yeah. We open up every single episode is uh, from the opening music of ghost world from the Indian dance, uh, 
uh, tape that Enid is watching. This movie also turned me on to the Buzzcocks. I started listening to them oh. exclusively uh-huh. because she listens to them, and I was like, what is that incredible song? <laughs> and I bought my first Buzzcocks record, so. Nice. Yeah. I'm a better person because this movie exists. I am who I am today because this movie exists. I love movies like that. That definitely influence how you want to be as a person. It's important. Yeah. Um, so, hey, if Ghost World influenced you, let me know. I want to hear about it. You can tweet us or you can, like, find us on Instagram. Uh, uh, you need to see this. Po- and yeah, post, we're also- uh, post on our Facebook group. Yeah, and we have a Facebook group that we have discussions and stuff on. And Nick and I are both on um, Twitter. Yeah, uh, you could find me at Nick JS. And you can find me at LTB Comedy. And you can find me not on Twitter at all. Instead, I'm in the real world doing comedy and at live shows at the Pack and the Clubhouse. Not us. Plug us into our machines after we're done recording. <laughs> um, so real quick before we get going, do you guys have any recommendations? Um, I don't know, maybe like any anything that you would... Like a gift that you might buy for your friend whose birthday it is. I, mean, I, I, have, I, I, know sh- any I have a TV people show. People like that. I don't know if I know any people. Yeah, it's my birthday now. What? <laughs> okay, okay. Happy birthday. Uh, I, yeah, I um, I need to recommend, which I'm sure everybody's already watching anyway, and I know you two don't care. The Mandalorian on uh, Disney Plus. Sorry, gang. Uh, it's just God's new Star Wars <laughs> oh, series, and it's okay. fucking good. He is good. nodding. So two of you. Yeah. There's. Oh my God. The end of the first episode. Uh, was the most I didn't expect my reaction to that show to ever be oh not in a million years did I think I'd see something that adorable in a Star Wars film interesting so, yeah hmm. um, my recommendation is a graphic novel oh my god how appropriate uh, specifically the graphic novel series flight uh, by Kazu Kibuishi I don't fully know how to pronounce that, but I did my darndest. Uh, It is an anthology series that I think they made seven of. They made a lot of them. And they're these beautiful fucking books. They're so good. And some of the art in it is just perfect. Go get Flight. Flight's great. It's the one book that I, like, have perfectly preserved because it's just so pretty. Aw, that's great. Well, um... I I would recommend Terry Zygoff's other film, Bad Santa, if you've got good taste. Ooh. It was John Ritter's <laughs> and Bernie Mac's last film. I told you, oh I've God. told you both a million times. I'm so picky with comedy. Oh, it's uh, unbelievable. I don't like it. I think it's one of the funniest movies ever made. Um, <laughs> this was my face during the whole movie. That's insane. I watched it so many times and I still laugh every time he, I watch he, it. Nick made a cartoon face because, like we said, he's a cartoon character. Um, and I also recommend <laughs> Not yeah, a real person. going out and getting Ghost World. Um, do I have any other recommendations? Well, I do recommend that you come to my very special birthday show this Wednesday, November 20th, which is my actual birthday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Cursed by the Taurus Moon. It's a storytelling show that is inspired by the full moon. We have got eight comedians telling five-minute stories about when they have been cursed. And then we're going to blow it out and get real crazy. I know both of you guys will be there celebrating my birthday with me. So come hang with the the incredible people you hear. The Need to See Pod Pup folks. Oh my god, you guys. That's need what to we see call pod her, folks? Yeah, we call ourselves the need to see pod pup folks. <laughs> you guys, look, I'm drunk. I'm it's my birthday. <laughs> pod puppies. <It's> like, <laughs> I'd buy that. I guess yeah. they can't see me dancing to the theme of pod puppies. Only I can, podcast. and that's all that matters. <laughs> um, pod puppies. It's like Hot Pocket a little bit. Yeah, I was trying it's to like do pound puppies, but then I couldn't remember what the sound hush was puppies? for pound puppies. I now. remember pound puppies, yeah. What are hush puppies again? Those are just slushies, right? 
No, no. hush puppies are like oh, little does. No, they're well, they are sneakers. They're sneakers, and they're also they're balls of dough. Balls of dough. There we go. I don't know if I've seen one in person, but I've heard of them. Um, you guys, listen. If you're digging this, um, it would mean <laughs> so very much to us. You know what? Consider this your birthday present to me. Mm-hmm. Log on to Apple or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. And then I love it when you hit the stars. Hitting the stars is great, but it's so much better if you put words down because then we really know what you like or dislike. But if you dislike anything, maybe just tell us privately. Um, but if you leave us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air. We have a five-star review right here, a brand new one uh, by Carl Holmaka, you know, the serial killer. Uh, and it says you need to listen to this, which is a fun play. That's on so our fun. Name. And so here, fun. here we go. I remember going into the Carrie reboot already disliking it because of the weak trailer. Shout out to Cozy. Hey. But Luce <laughs> has convinced me that I need to give it another shot. Shout out to me. Uh, so many <laughs> horrifying points about the Brian De Palma version I hadn't even considered. Love all caps. Love this podcast and look forward to many more. Thank you, Carl Hamaka. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for shouting me out, Carl. <laughs> yeah, wow. There was no, there wasn't a shout out to Nick. That's okay. You shouted out some pretty cool people anyway. But remember, <laughs> remember when my mom said that you were thoughtful and accurate? Always, every night before I fall asleep. It's the only thing that keeps me going. Thank you, Linda. <laughs> My mom is everyone's cheerleader. Um, so, hey, if you want to hear your review right on the air, leave one for us now and um, tweet at me happy birthday. And I would like to thank my amazing co-host for being so amazing. Aww, um, oh, thank you. I'd like to thank Terry Zwega for making the greatest films ever made. And then most importantly, i like to thank our audio engineer, Pete Burns. Hey, Pete. Audio Pete. king. He, we wouldn't even, you wouldn't even hear us right now if it wasn't for him. True, uh, very literally true. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, you guys. Thanks for listening to. You, you need, need to see this. this. Do you serve beer? Any alcohol? After about five minutes of this movie. You're gonna wish you had 10 beers.